This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time, keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal. I hope you're doing good. hope you're doing well. Thank you for continuing to make this a part of your morning routines. As always, welcome to the weekend. Hope you've had a good and solid week and are ready for a weekend of more football to enjoy and fingers crossed another Arsenal victory to keep them close to, well, not just close, but, you know, as far away from Manchester City as feasibly possible. We've got a four-point gap. Let's try and keep that up. There's some big games happening this weekend. We're going to talk all about the latest Arsenal news and more with you guys. And, of course, our chat box joining us live on YouTube. Good morning to Kaiser, to Matt G, to PJ and Gunerate David. Good morning to Jose and Stephen at NSW and Temi. Uh, good morning to Peter. Uh, good morning to Paul and Tony. Good morning to Ife. Uh, good morning to Carl and Tony and Steve. Hope you've all had a fantastic week, guys. Hope you're having a great morning as well, or evening, wherever you happen to be, of course, in the world. Uh, and good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be joining us on audio platforms as well. First things first, if you didn't listen to our preview show yesterday, first of all, please go and do that. Uh, it's certainly worth your time and worth a watch. Uh, you won't know that we've got a brand new mi- uh, microphone, which I'm hoping that you can kind of hear clisp, crisp, clisp. It's a great example of what I can use it for, <laughs> crisp and clear. And also hopefully that the volume's kind of staying at the same level because yes, we can confirm. Here we go. TGT has signed Gabriel Compressor has been acquired. So uh, lovely stuff. It's things like the the sponsors and the members which enable stuff like these channel upgrades to happen. So some really positive news for the channel and hopefully it's going to improve your experience watching it as well. Uh, we kick off by telling you to go and of course have a look at the latest football prize. It continues to be the Sol Campbell and Colatore signed photo montage competition ends on Monday at 7.30pm. 60 tickets have been sold from the 149 available, so still great opportunity to win this. There's also chances within it to win two instant prizes, a signed Tony Adams shirt and a signed 
William Saliba photo montage as well. So plenty of really, really good stuff to get involved with. So make sure that you do. Our first story, UEFA have opened proceedings against PSV in relation to four charges of misconduct from their crowd uh, in the game against Arsenal on Thursday night. Many of you may have seen the video that I posted to Twitter uh, it's been picked up by a lot of news outlets. Of course, we at Football London used it to cover the story as well. Uh, showed a flare being thrown at uh, the away air, or at the home end, basically. Chairs were ripped up from the stadium. There's been pictures that have been circulated as well of the damage done to the away end since the, uh, the fans left. There's been four charges that have been brought against uh, PSV in relation to this. One of them was uh, lighting well, lighting the, uh, the the fireworks. One has been the damage to the stadium. I think one has been like crowds or a lack of crowd control and another's to do with like throwing pyrotechnics and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's pretty mad um, what's going down. So what kind of result will happen from this? We don't really know at the moment. Could there be a game played behind closed doors? Could it just be a fine? We'll have to wait and see, but it could impact Arsenal's next Europa League game, which of course is in Eindhoven. So, We'll have to wait and see what indeed ends up happening with that. Uh, Gerard, Stephen Gerard was sacked uh, from his job against Fulham. And I wrote a piece yesterday talking kind of about how with Maurizio Pochettino rejecting the opportunity to join Aston Villa because his hope is to kind of continue his footballing managerial career at the elite level um, that uh, kind of the narrative between Arsenal and Villa has ended. There was a master plan at Villa. They wanted to try and get to the elite level. They wanted to try and get to the upper echelons of football. And Arsenal have certainly been one of the clubs that they targeted to try and usurp, to surpass and overtake. That's not happened. If you remember way back in the summer of 2021, uh, I did a video about how Arsenal missed out on Emi Buendia. And in that video, I used a uh, I used a picture of the Arsenal badge being cracked apart by the Aston Villa badge. So how things come full circle where I've now used a picture completely flipping it the other way around. So, yeah, very interesting indeed. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan is edging closer to a potential free exit from Manchester City when his contract expires. Arsenal have been linked with the player in the past and uh, Galatasaray are also said to be very keen on signing the German international. Now, despite links to Arsenal, I have written a piece about this, that Arsenal should not now be looking at signing Ilkay Gundogan. If they could have signed him on a one-year contract for this season, I might have been very open to that. However, I think now things are different. His back injury issues are just too much of a problem. I think that his fitness and reliability and age just does not suit what this Arsenal team needs right now. So you will potentially see links with Gundogan and Arsenal potentially increasing in the near future. I personally getting ahead of the curve thinking here that we should not be going near Ilkay Gundogan, despite him being a very, very good player indeed. Uh, now, despite the lack of happiness on my face that you can see in this photo, uh, I did speak and enjoy speaking to Granit Xhaka along with a lot of my uh, my contemporaries after the game against PSV. Uh, I told you that I, I had spoken to Xhaka yesterday, but the quotes from that interview were embargoed until midday yesterday. So that was released. You can watch this interview over, I think, available on the Arsenal way. Uh, you should be able to go and watch it on the Arsenal way. Uh, you can see me kind of awkwardly standing in the background waiting to ask my question. I did ask Granit Xhaka kind of the how he feels, and well, not how he feels, but how he adapts 
to playing with both Thomas Partey and with Sambi Lekonga because he plays with both. He plays quite regularly. Does his game have to adapt to playing with each one of the two different players? And he gave a good answer about that, but I'll save that for if you want to go and read the piece over at FL or if you want to go and watch the video uh, over on the Arsenal way. Um, but do excuse my resting grouchy face. I know I need to improve it. And I know that when I go on other people's podcasts or if I'm listening to someone else speak on even this podcast... I have the worst resting grouch face ever. So <laughs> I need to improve it. I need to stop looking so grouchy because I genuinely do enjoy uh, what I do. Uh, Gabriel has renewed his Arsenal contract. He, will re- he has re-signed with the club through till 2027. And uh, this is really good news for the club. Really, really good news indeed. Arsenal have got kind of this two-year cycle going on at the moment in which they sign a player up to a new deal or they sign a player Two years later, we see an extension. We see a contract renewal. It works. It's happened with Gabriel Martinelli, who signed in 2019, renewed in 2021. It's happened with Saka, who we signed uh, in, again. We gave that professional contract thing in 2018, signed in 2020. You know, we've got this two-year cycle. Kieran Tierney signed in 2019, signed a contract extension in 2021. Uh, Smith Rowe, I think, is another potential one that we've seen have that happen to him as well. We've got this two-year cycle plan going, two to three years at a max. And we're trying to renew players as soon after we've got them down onto new contracts as we can. One of the players that has broken that cycle is William Saliba. He's now into his third year at Arsenal. We've yet to sign a renewal with him. However, with Saliba, with Saka, with Gabriel Martinelli, the club are said to be very confident about specifically trying to get hold of those players into the new deals. Um, Edu said that it's great that we've agreed a new deal with Gabby at 24. He's still a young player and is part of our future. His performances since he joined us in 2020 have been very strong and his positive impact on our results have been clear for everyone to see. He has grown so much on and off the pitch with both his contribution and communication on and off the pitch. We all look forward to seeing Gabby continue uh, to grow as an important part of the past two seasons. Uh, Arteta has said, Gabby has shown huge qualities since joining us. He is a young player with great work ethic and his consistent strong performances have been hugely important to us over the past two seasons. Working with Gabby every day is a pleasure. He has formed strong relationships with everyone at the club and we're so pleased that he has committed to us on a long-term contract. That extension is for two years. His contract did run until 2025, They've now extended it through to 2027. So really positive uh, that we've now been able to extend a player like Gabriel. That means that he is up to a long-term deal. Uh, Smith Rowe, of course, is on that long-term deal now. Um, Since signing players like uh, um, Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, long-term deals. Ramsden, of course, done a long-term deal. So it's white. We need to renew some of the others. We know that. Um, and that will come in time, we are sure. Uh, Zinchenko is said to be close to a return. Thank goodness, you know, we've needed him. I think that Zinchenko has been actually, despite us still winning games, has still been an absolutely massive loss. I think that he could seriously improve um, what we're currently being able to do on the field. I think at left back, what he brings when he plays that inverted style is going to be so beneficial to what we want to see in the future. Arteta said, I think he's close. He's getting better and better. He's progressing really well. He had a setback on the injury that he had at the start of the season, which is a shame. But knowing Alex, he will be back very soon. He was asked about whether or not he would be back this weekend. He says, I can't tell you. The journalist joked and said, is he in contention? And Arteta laughed back. He's always in contention. So... It's that classic kind of back and forth between the reporters and Arteta to try and get any information 
about team news. But if good news for Zinchenko, I think hopefully we should see him back on the field in the next couple of weeks. Fingers crossed. Uh, Arteta continues to talk about a number of different topics. He was asked about Steven Gerrard being sacked. He says, I'm very sad for him. He's a player that I admired a lot, a player and a person that I really respect and a manager that did extremely well at Rangers. He started really well at Villa, but this job is like this, unfortunately. So from my side, he has all the support because I'm sure he's having a difficult time at the moment. Gerard is one of those coaches once again. Like Arteta is kind of was looked at as a bit of a as one of part of a group, I think. If you think about it, Lampard going to Chelsea, Gerard going to Villa, they both had jobs before that with uh, Derby and Rangers, respectively. But we've started to see Andrea Pirlo at Juventus, Xavi, I guess, at Barcelona. You know, Arteta, I think, is one of a small group who actually has taken on one of his first ever jobs and has done really, really well. Yes, he's been given the time, perhaps more time than those coaches have been given themselves. Javi's only just starting at Barcelona. But Arteta, I think, is absolutely shown to be a standout amongst all the all the names I've just said, even Xavi at Barca. I think that Arteta is doing a far better job, a far more impressive job with the resources, with the league that he's in. I think that Arteta has shown himself to be clear of all those aforementioned names and certainly is fighting to put his name amongst some of the best coaches in the world. He's not on the level of Pep and Klopp, uh, etc. I think that he certainly has the capability and potential to be there one day. Still needs to improve game management, player management, all that sort of thing. That'll come with time. But what we're experiencing is his quality is helping Arsenal to be where they are at the top of the table right now, which is really impressive indeed. That brings us to the end of part one. So we're going to move to part two and your questions. So don't go anywhere right after this. Hey guys, as the support for the channel grows, so does the opportunities that come forward to support it. And I'm very happy to share that our new partnership with NordVPN is one that I feel is going to be very beneficial to you as well as it is to the channel. I used NordVPN actually whilst I was away with my other half on our honeymoon. And you, whilst back at home, are enjoying the honeymoon series. Now, I thought I'd timed that holiday perfectly to avoid any missed opportunities to watch Arsenal. That didn't happen because unfortunately Arsenal played Brentford. Now, my usual broadcasting app didn't work whilst I was out, and so what did I do? I used NordVPN, changed my geolocation, hit over to the UK. Despite sitting and sipping a nice cocktail, I was able to enjoy the Arsenal game without any worries of security. And you can do that too with NordVPN, who have very kindly sponsored the channel for the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited to share this deal with you because you can now surf the net and know that you're secure and safe with what you're doing. You can get all the latest details and information in the description, but you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash guna to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months free. It's completely risk-free too, because if you don't like it, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Who can say any fairer than that? Thank you for listening and make sure you get involved with our latest sponsor. Yes, I know it's not a cocktail. <laughs> I know it's not for those that are listening on audio platforms. 
it still isn't a cocktail. It's a glass of wine. I don't know why I said cocktail. I did drink a lot of cocktails, but it wasn't a cocktail. So uh, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. But it is thanks to sponsors like NordVPN, whilst we've been able to improve the audio quality that you're listening to right now with this new microphone and stuff like that, that helps and it's massive support from the members. Speaking of which, great timing. Rodeo, thank you so much for becoming a member and helping support the channel. It means so much, and I'm sure the channel members and also the family is already welcoming you to the TGT crew. So thank you so much for that. But it's, it's stuff like that which helps us improve and gradually get better with what we're able to do here and um, hoping for even greater things in the future. Uh, let's let's go to your questions in the chat box. Let's answer some of these. Let's tackle as many of them as we can. Uh, let's start with... Um, I saw a question, I think, earlier on in the chat box from Lynn that someone said was a good question. Uh, here we go. Lynn says, Tom, have you heard anything regarding what happened between Henderson and Gabby at Liverpool? Me personally, no. All that we have heard is that Mikel Arteta was asked a question uh, ahead of the game against PSV, I think it was, in which he was asked if Gabby was okay, if there was any update on the situation. And he was like, Gabby's fine. There's, you know, nothing has happened. So we, I think we can assume that matter may have been closed, but nothing has happened. Um, nothing at all. So yeah, it's, uh, nothing's changed. Uh, whether or not that's the right outcome, we won't know. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see uh, what ends up happening indeed. Uh, Paul says, hey, Tom, how true is the speculation that Arsenal are interested in signing Ruben Neves of Wolves in the January window? Is there any credibility to this news? I personally can't speak to saying that there's any credibility myself. I've not heard that. What I can tell you is that Arsenal have had interest in Ruben Neves in the past, certainly in the window of 2021 and 2022. Arsenal was certainly looking at him as a potential midfield option. However, they always deemed Wolves' asking price far too high for what they were willing to spend. And so therefore they didn't have an interest in going in for, for Ruben Neves at that point. Whether or not that changes in January, we'll have to wait and see. But there was interest. I don't know how strong the interest remains. and I don't know how accessible he would be. I don't know how long's left on his uh, Wolves contract. Let's have a quick check. We can see how long is left on his deal at, uh, at Wolves. It runs out in 2024. So he would have one year left at the end of this season, which could make him a lot more accessible to a team like Arsenal. Uh, let's go to Lynn. It says, in my opinion, Edu won't leave until our, won't leave Arsenal until Mikel Arteta leaves because both of them are on this journey together. And I do feel that eventually Mikel leaves. I think Edu will go with him. Uh, Temi says, would you be happy with the signing of Danilo and Ivan Tony in January? And can Saliba do a Virgil van Dijk on Haaland when we play City? On the first one, I think I would be happy with that. Uh, I think that, you know, Tony is a good player. I think that Danilo is a very good player. The only issue I have with Ivan Tony is kind of the the social side of things. Uh, I've got an issue with some of the things he said publicly in the past about his club. I don't particularly like that. However, I am all for second chances. I'm not in, involved in any kind of cancel culture. So, you know, if he is a changed person and isn't doing that sort of thing anymore, fair enough. Uh, I would be open to it because clearly he's a good player. My question would be is, would he join Arsenal knowing you've got a player like Gabriel Jesus ahead of him in the queue? That's kind of the big question at the moment. Uh, Harold, uh, thank you so much for the kind donation to the channel. He says clubs will come for, uh, for Martin Odegaard. They will just offer him competitive salary. He was on par with Cedric Suarez and 20k less than Fabio per week. Is that true? That seems a little bit low because Fabio Vieira is only on about twenty-five thousand pounds. Last time I heard, 
that's a week. Uh, so let me just do a quick check on what Martin Odegaard is on. According to this, Martin Odegaard is on around £80,000 per week, which is slightly more than Cedric, uh, who's on £75,000 per week, which is pretty crazy. Fabio Vieira uh, has not been added to this yet, but I personally heard that he was on around 25. Now, according to Spot Rack, he's close to 45. Uh, how you know accurate Spot Track is is always up for debate. But according to this, Odegaard is still on 30 to 40,000 pounds more than Fabio Vieira. I think Odegaard will get an increase in salary and will get a new contract. He's the, obviously the, now the uh, official club captain, but could be worth more. I think he's very attached to Arsenal. I think he knows he's got a place at Arsenal. I think he knows he's valued at Arsenal. And that's what he said he wanted when he left Real Madrid. He wanted stability. He wanted a place where he was going to feel comfortable, where he could develop and improve and play consistently. And he has that at Arsenal. So I, I don't see any risk in Martin Odegaard's future at Arsenal at all right now, personally. Uh, Kwartuka says, uh, could you do a comparison between the number of players from each team in the Premier League going to the World Cup? Uh, we're going to have lots of World Cup content coming closer to the competition to keep you guys Arsenal fixed still throughout it. We're going to be covering all of the Arsenal players whilst they're away. We'll also have plenty of build-up to the January transfer window and uh, keeping you up to date with everything else regarding the club as well. Uh, Rodeo says, I will be making no comment. <laughs> Just joining up as a member, saying cheers, guys, and saying I'll be making no comment. I love that. Stay silent. Silent support is fine. If you don't like commenting, you don't have to comment. And there's a lot of people that I speak to outside of when I actually see them and people come up to me and say they watch the channel, but I just don't leave any comments. That's fine. You know, I, I think it's fair. You you watch the way that you want to watch. If you want to comment, comment. If you don't want to comment, don't comment. It's completely your choice of how you watch and interact with the channel. Uh, below says, what are your thoughts on Evan and Dika? I did talk a little bit about this yesterday. I think that on a free transfer, he would be a very, very strong move for the club to make to give us competition for Gabriel. Very, very good business indeed. Uh, Richard says, what do you think of the report about Sambi for Locatelli or McKenney? I don't think there's too much truth in that personally. Juventus might be interested in Sambi or have him on a kind of a list of players they have an interest in. I don't think the swap for Locatelli is realistic at all. McKenney potentially, I think that maybe the report initially on Locatelli was deemed to be a little bit too unrealistic. So they've then lowered the kind of the, the player profile to McKenney. I don't think there's too much truth in that at all. Byron says, Tom, what position will we occupy come the start of the World Cup? I worry that Arteta is not giving the players enough rest, such as Jesus and Saka. I think it's fair to have that worry. What I would say is that I don't necessarily think that we've got the chance to, to give them much more rest. I think the way in which we can improve the amount of rest with those players is to substitute them earlier if we are in a position to do so. I think the game against PSV, we took Gabriel Jesus off at a good stage. I don't think we took Gabriel Jesus off early enough against Leeds. So I do think there are ways in which we can improve. I think there are ways in which we can get better with how we manage our players. But I do think that we are still in a position in the table where we are having to use players. We have to make sure we top the group in the Europa League. We have to make sure that we maintain our gap to Man City for as long as feasibly possible. Um, so I don't have too much of a problem with that. And criticism of Arteta, whilst you know, you're know you very much entitled to it, it's always difficult to to really go hard on Arteta whilst he's taken Arsenal to the top of the table at the moment, isn't it? Uh, John Smith uh, says, well, the most common name on the, uh, I think, in the Western world, potentially. Says, Tom, I think the recent changes to sub rules allowing nine players on the bench has caused fans to be too harsh on squad depth. 
if we had seven players on the bench, it wouldn't look all that bad. What are your thoughts? It's a good question, to be fair. Um, has having nine players widened the scope for criticism on whether or not Arsenal have enough squad depth? It's a big change. Like you Going from seven to nine is a big, big change. It changes the game. Going from three to five subs is a massive change to the game. Radically changes what clubs are able to do in-game. Yes, you can still make three substitutions in the sense you can only do it three separate points, not including, I think, half-time. But I still think that it's a huge difference. Concussion substitutions coming into it, you can potentially make six changes, plus six plus changes, potentially. So... I think that our bench is is decent. I think that our squad depth is certainly underrated. I think the problem with it at the moment is that we've got Zinchenko, Smith-Rowe and Elneny all out in long-term issues. And that has certainly kind of weakened the viewpoint of what our squad depth looks like. So, yeah, I think that it, our squad depth is good. I think it could be better. But I do think that the injuries are having a significant impact on people's kind of perspective uh, on what our depth is like. I think it's better than what people potentially give it credit for. Uh, Lynn says, if we stay top of the table for the World Cup, we haven't got as many going. Uh, going, So surely this should help us with what uh, we're doing. What do you think? Uh, Ramsdale's going to go. White's going to go. Saliba's going to go. Gabriel's going to go. Tini's not going to go. Zinchenko's not going to go. Tommy Asu's going to go. Um, who else have we got? Partey's going to go. We've got Xhaka that's going to go. We've got Lukonga that probably won't go. El Neni that won't go. You've got forward to that Odegaard that won't go. Jesus that will go. Saka that will go. Martinelli that could go. Martinelli might go. Uh, it's it's difficult to know at the moment. I think he's worthy of a spot on that team. Anthony and Vinicius and Rodrigo are his competitors. He's got to fight and say that he deserves to be in the squad. I think he personally does. I want him to be in the Brazil squad. I think it would do great things for his mentality. Smith-Rowe's not going to go because he's injured and probably wouldn't be in the squad anyway. Uh, Marquinhos isn't going to go. Reese Nelson's not going to go. Fabio Vieira's probably not going to go. Maybe. I just think there's too many attacking midfielders in that You've got Bernardo Silva, you've got Bruno Fernandes, you've got Pedro Conchalves. I, th I think there's more than they potentially need. So I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that Fabio Vieira will go. Maybe he will, um, but I don't know whether they... Maybe he will now that Jota's not in the squad. Maybe Aneto as well, both missing out. Maybe that opens up a position for, for Vieira. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but he's not playing regularly, and typically uh, Santos likes for the players to be in a regular team and playing. That's why when Cedric got back into the team, it's because he was playing week in, week out for Arsenal. So it's it's difficult to know whether or not those players will in fact go. Cedric is going to stay, uh, of course, isn't going to go anywhere, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and he says, Martinelli isn't getting in ahead of Vinicius Jr. or Neymar. I know he's not getting ahead of them. Neymar actually plays more centrally for Brazil. Uh, Richarlison has got an injury, but probably will be back for the tournament. Uh, I think that Martinelli could get into the squad, but he's not getting in ahead of Vinicius or Neymar. No, but Neymar is not considered a wide player in the in the team at the moment. You've got Vinicius, you've got uh, Richarlison, you've got Neymar that players a front three at times. Uh, Rodrigo can come into it. Uh, Jesus, of course, comes into things. I think that Martinelli has a chance to be in the squad, but not to be a regular starter by any means. Certainly an option off the bench for them. Uh, Nab says, how do you feel about our next four games? Are pretty confident in the Premier League. Obviously, we've got Southampton tomorrow. I'm going to be there. Looking forward to that. Uh, we've got Nottingham Forest next weekend. We've then got Chelsea, which is a big, big test. Our first big six team away from home this season, other than Man United. 
so it's a it's a big chance to get our first win at a big six club away from home. We've got a great record at Chelsea. We've not lost there in something like four years. We've got a really good chance to get a result, I think. They're, they're not in a particularly great shape. They've got a game, I think, this weekend against Man United, is it, I think? So that's going to be interesting. Plenty of intriguing results coming from this weekend's games, I'm sure. Man City, I don't expect to have any issues against Brighton, who I believe they're playing. I don't think they'll have any problems there. So let's see. But I think that we've got a great chance to go in with at least potentially 10, 9, 10 points, maybe 12. Who knows? Like, There's no reason why Arsenal can't beat all of their teams that they're playing. I, I go into every game now as an Arsenal fan, confident that we can win. Only that Man City game I look at and I go, and Anfield potentially, where I'm like, right, I think, you know, a draw would be a great result from these games. But I go into every Arsenal game now, I'm going in tomorrow, expecting us to win. I'm going to Forest, expecting us to win. Going to Chelsea, expecting us to win. Genuinely, our record is so good there. Our form is much better than theirs. We should absolutely try and win. And then uh, Wolves away, I expect us to win. I'm not saying I'm entitled to a win. That's different. Arsenal were never entitled to win anything. I'm in a place with Arsenal right now where I'm so confident, I'm so happy, I'm so uh, overjoyed with where we're at as a club. I expect us to get a result in these places. And if we want to do what we want to do this season, which is at a minimum Champions League qualification, we need to be beating Southampton. We need to be beating Forest. We need to be beating Wolves. We need to be giving Chelsea a really good run for their money and getting a result there. So it's as simple as that for me. Uh, GTT Fuse says, thoughts and predictions for the Southampton game. I can direct you, well, back, I suppose, towards the Southampton preview we did yesterday. Go listen to it. All of the information on the Southampton game is in that preview with some fantastic insight from our guests. And French made his return to the channel as well uh, after doing his Masters. So uh, absolutely go and check it out. Uh, Fuad says, what's the United versus Chelsea score going to be? It's a good question. Is it at... Chelsea, I think that United might have a weird opportunity to win this one. I don't know why I feel about this. The way they played in the uh, the Spurs game was really, it was actually quite impressive. So I think there's a really good chance for Chelsea to get a, to get a little bit of a, a humbling, potentially. And Man United might be on a bit of a turn, which is, is okay for us because they're, they're significantly far behind us. But yeah, maybe Man United's getting a result. I'd love a draw. That's obviously the best result for us. I think I'd prefer, what would I prefer? If you had to choose between Chelsea and United to win, and I'll leave a poll in the chat, uh, you can't pick draw. Who would you rather win, uh, United or Chelsea? You can't pick draw. Who would you rather win the game, United or Chelsea? I've left a poll in the chat box for you guys to tackle for the next few minutes or so. Uh, if you're watching or listening on playback, then leave a comment uh, down below. If you're watching or listening rather on audio platform, jump over to YouTube. First of all, drop a like on the video. It really helps us out. And then leave a comment down below. Who would you rather win this game? Tricky, isn't it? It's like choosing between your two least favorite children. Uh, <laughs> or rather, not children. I don't think I'd ever have a child that supported Chelsea or Man United, he says. Um, but maybe choosing between your least favourite friends, children. That might be the better way to put it. But uh, yeah, Man United or Chelsea. It, I, I, I hate both clubs so much. It's very, very difficult, but it's like the impossible question. Um, whoever is lower, it's a good answer, says Trey to Arsenal. I mean, currently the, the table, let's have a look at the table. Uh, Arsenal sit top. Just had to put that one in. They're both very close. Chelsea are 
fourth on 20 points. Man United are fifth on 19 points. A draw would be great. You know, Arsenal could potentially go uh, nine points clear of Chelsea in fourth. They could go 10 points clear of fifth if that game is a draw with a win at Southampton. That would be a great... I mean, imagine being 11 games into the season and you're 10 points clear of fifth place. That would be awesome. Awesome for us. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Uh, Yemi says, man, you can't beat Chelsea. Not now. Get real. Uh, Ian says, United with a dodgy win. Uh, Johan says, can't beat Chelsea for sure. Uh, David says, United not as big of a threat in my opinion. Joel says, do you think our starting back five is good enough to compete in the Champions League? If not, the back five, I mean, Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko. Yes, I think it compete in the Champions League. I think it needs depth. I think we need to add another left-sided centre-back. I think we need to add, potentially, depends on how Raw Waters and Brooke Norton Cuffey get on. I think that right-back needs to be looked at. I think that potentially the left-back situation with Tierney and Tavares don't suit what we want to do at left-back. There could be change there in the future. It's not that I want Tierney gone. I just think that there could be change there in the future. Uh, Tobias says, Man United, Chelsea, a bigger threat for the long term. Nav says, United, uh, it will lower Chelsea's morale before they play us. That's a great point. If United can beat Chelsea, that could really kind of stunt their progression before um, before we play Chelsea. Great point. Uh, Manu says, United looked world-class against Tottenham. I mean, we don't like praising them, but they did look very good against Spurs. That What I would say is that Spurs do make other teams look a lot better than they are. I mean, they smashed Leicester, but Leicester even looked the better team for most of that game. Uh, Isora says, how weird is it that the decisions Arteta made reg regarding high-profile players were mimicked, yet Ten Hag is praised for it? That's a really interesting point. Cristiano Ronaldo, ousted, exiled, for petulant behaviour. Uh, Ten Hag praised for doing the benefit of the squad. Bamiang, petulant behaviour, turning up late. This poor decision making, exiled. Different. It's different. I don't know why. Is it because Ten Hag's newer? Is it because he's more experienced? Is it because Arteta's an Arsenal manager? I don't know, but it's a really, really solid question and a fair one to ask, that is for sure. Uh, Spurs made Wolves look like Champions League. I did and still don't know how they didn't get a result in that game at all. So a quick check on the poll. Oh, we've only been running it for a few minutes, but over 100 of you have voted already. 64% said they would rather United win. 36% say Chelsea. I think United is probably the better option in the long run uh, than Chelsea. Let's see uh, what happens. It's going to be an interesting game. You can watch that at 5.30, I think, today. Uh, and Manchester City play Brighton at three o'clock. You've also got Nottingham Forest against Liverpool in a very interesting game at midday or half past midday UK time. Everton play Crystal Palace at three o'clock as well. Then tomorrow, we've got some big games. Aston Villa against Brentford at two. Leeds against Fulham at two. Southampton against Arsenal at two, which is on Sky Sports. I'm going to be there um, reporting on the game for Football London. Of course, I'll be down in the mix zone after the game, hoping to get a word from somebody uh, I won't be as cheeky as I was on Thursday with Cody Gakpo, but hopefully be able to get a good word from one of the Arsenal boys. Uh, Wolves against Leicester. And then Spurs play Newcastle at half four, which again is a very, very interesting game. Can Newcastle, without Isaac, without uh, Sam Maximan, I don't think he's fit either. Uh, I think there's some other big player that potentially could be out as well. Uh, they're missing some other players. Uh, Spurs, Newcastle is very interesting indeed. Uh, can Newcastle finally punish Spurs for the way that they play. Fingers crossed 
they can. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the new sound system. I hope it's sounding crisp and clean and good and level, uh, most importantly. I'm also looking at trying to change the intro music as well to make that a little bit more measured and chill rather than the abuse on your ears that sometimes you get from the uh, from the drum and bass. I still want drum and bass because it's my passion. It's my love. I love drum and bass music. But maybe we'll go a little bit more liquids with uh, the sounds, a little bit more chill with the intro into it. But I like it, but I respect that some people potentially don't like the aggressive start to the show. Um, we'll go with a little bit more li uh, liquid liquidicity. Is that the right word? I hope so. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you're new. Go watch the preview show from yesterday. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. before I set off for Southampton. It's been an absolute pleasure to join you as it always is. I look forward to speaking to you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.